What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode four of the Mint City Soccer Show. I am Corey Ansco, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnny Wakefield from a safe social distance. I'm in my <laughs> bunker, actually. <laughs> How are you doing today, Johnny? I don't know if this is something we can joke about yet, but that will probably be a theme of this entire episode. Um, I don't know if we're going to joke about it, but just sometimes sometimes you just have to laugh to keep from crying. As, yeah, as So there do, might be yeah. some of that. So I'm uh, safe in my bunker at home in Greer Heights, uh, south of Elizabeth. Yep. Um, we also... Uh, have three kids in our house, so mm-hmm. my wife and I are uh, trying to survive, um, and that's about as good as we can give. Um, it, it's a bit difficult being at home. How about you? How are you doing? I'm good. I am in my office slash guest bedroom uh, down here in Mora. Gotta love Mora. Mora. Um, also with a wife and child trying to uh, not go crazy and also yeah. both of us try to work while we have a two-year-old two-year-old running around so uh that's a lot yeah no i mean things are they all things considered everything's good do you have enough toilet paper healthy. we have toilet paper that's good that's important. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have to go shopping for it either we just had some still we were actually running um, out and uh, russell varner a guest on a previous episode um brought us some toilet paper mint city connection there um, there you go so we're surviving thanks to russell varner right now I didn't know we were going to get into this this early, but since we're already there, like you bought a bidet recently. <laughs> Why have we gone there already? Because <laughs> we were talking toilet paper. Was, this is yeah. the obvious segue. I'm going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> so you bought a bidet. Yeah. Um, I saw this on Instagram. How how's the bidet going? <laughs> um, so yeah. And I ask as an actually curious person because we've we my wife and I have seriously talked about getting one as well, even before this. Uh, toilet paper crisis right Um, so just honestly (laughs) curious so it's the mint city bidet show now um welcome everybody it is we uh did we purchased a bidet um attachment if you've uh, traveled abroad you know that um people in other countries like to spray water up their buttholes um (laughs) and that's just a thing that most of the world does that we've never done and so abby and i have both my wife and i have both lived abroad and and seen those uh devices in foreign bathrooms and then Realized that there was a toilet paper shortage, which thanks to a bunch of crazy people running to the grocery stores and stocking up. And so we just ordered a bidet attachment online. It was like 50 bucks attaches to your toilet. Um, and it is not working. So it's not working. <laughs> it's not working. So I wanted to uh, have a success story to tell you, Corey, not on the podcast, but maybe on the podcast, I guess. Um, but I, I'm a failure with plumbing. And so I can't get the. Uh, pipes attached properly and so there's just water spraying all over my bathroom tried three different times um and drenched my entire bathroom every time so i was gonna ask if this was user error or i'm pretty um, sure it's user error manufacturer error no no it's my fault i'm trying i'm trying to learn things um i I didn't know if you wanted to put the manufacturer on blast on the podcast or not no I'm, i'm impressed with the device and very unimpressed with my plumbing skills um just part of okay. life, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Well, let me know if anything turns around. This might be a regular <laughs> feature on our podcast. Well, if you would <laughs> come over when this is all said and done and use the bidet to squirt water up your butthole, you're welcome. Just that's awesome. That's true friendship right by. there. <laughs> that's awesome. Man, the first five minutes of this podcast are just stellar. <laughs> it's almost like we don't have any soccer to talk about. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's just uh, let's start off by just kind of, I know it's been, what, like a month since we put out? Uh, a podcast yeah about something like that a little more than so, a month, i think maybe we did our mls preview episode which was well-intentioned and now 
possibly possibly meaningless. Completely useless. <laughs> Thanks, Chris Ashley, for driving from Greenville. Uh, we had so many hopes, but uh, less, you know what? Two weeks after we did that episode, um, essentially the world shut down. Yeah, uh, we were even planning. We had plans for an episode. Um, I don't even know what the da- I've lost track of times and dates and everything. Yeah. Um, but we had a plan for an episode um, a few weeks ago, and then it was right at the beginning of kind of everything, everything. shutting down. Yeah. Um, so we we delayed that. We figured we'd try to figure out what's going on in the world for a little bit. Um, but we wanted to come back and still keep this thing rolling somehow. Um, it's going to be obviously a little bit different now that you know, like I said, the whole world, including the sport, sports world, has shut down. Um. We still wanted to kind of keep this thing going, um, and and have some some topics of conversation, um, and and still get excited about Charlotte soccer coming at some point right. <laughs> in the future. I think too, it's it's uh, important to give some context that like people have asked if we're going to have another episode, and um, <clears throat> I've had some people online say like, "Does anyone have any podcasts that deal with things besides this virus that obviously everybody right. should be talking about?" Um, and so we don't want to dive in too much into the world of the coronavirus um, because that's not the subject matter of our podcast, but we want to give people something else to listen to um, right. for those moments when they're just sitting around their house or um, doing whatever you're doing to uh, keep your mind off some obviously more serious, more important things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing we're going to say here is meant to minimize um, what's happening in the world yep. or to... Uh, make it's the fact that soccer is gone temporarily seem more important than what's going on in the world. We realize in the large scheme of everything happening right now that a lot of what we're going to talk about is very, very trivial. Um, But we are a soccer podcast and we do care about this. And and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with being sad or upset or whatever about something that you love going away as long as you're keeping it in the um, context of that it is a trivial thing in a much right. larger, in, in, in what's going on in the world. The so perspective. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll probably talk about this a little bit as far as, especially how it, you know, affects what's happening um, in the Charlotte soccer world and MLS in general. Um, but, yeah, we're probably going to talk about a lot of things that aren't related to the coronavirus because uh, we are <laughs> we are not a coronavirus podcast. That's true. And that we're not experts. True. There are several podcasts popping up right now. I think Andy Slavitt online um, has one that he's doing specifically about this. Um, and mm-hmm. I'll, I share that on my personal Twitter. If anybody's interested, it's at Johnny Wakefield. But <clears throat> there are a lot of, like, legitimate resources out there for things that really matter so listen to them right and not listen to Corey to and johnny talking about the impact of coronavirus on america or something right absolutely um <laughs> so let's let's move into <laughs> we have on our outline time. news updates which <laughs> yeah, like news updates. i don't really know if there are any news updates um like i said things kind of have shut down um i think even based on kind of the timeline we had expected and that Chris Ashley had worked out in his article for the Chronicle and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. We kind of figured by now we'd have branding. Yeah. Um, and we probably would have, or been very close to it had this all not happened. Yeah. Is is that, is that the feeling you're getting to? I think that's definite. Um, we, we heard, um, the Mint City Collective people heard that their, uh, branding was coming and then, um, this has obviously derailed it. And so they've got it in pocket, I think. 
and they're ready to um, unleash it. Man, that so many like metaphors don't work in this world anymore. Um, <laughs> they're ready to it. show it's it okay. off to people uh, when the uh, time is right, I think. Um, but that should be coming. Um, there are other things that should be coming. And actually, the, the f- night that the NBA canceled the season, or postponed the season at least, March 11th, um, mm-hmm. Some of the Mint City Collective members, um, founders, leaders, whatever, were meeting at Zach's place. Zach is a Roaring Riot ringleader, um, one of the driving forces behind this. And we were all talking about what this year should look like um, going into 2021. Um, this was all obviously before the virus stuff hit. And so we were we had timelines down for things that we were planning on doing in March and April and May. And right. obviously all those things are canceled too. So uh, news updates? No, not really. <laughs> um, we do have some, uh, some information that's going to come out in the next few weeks, I think. Um, but nothing today that we can really break except for, um, you might want to lead this, the Mint City Premier League. Um, <laughs> since you are on top of the table for the Mint City Premier League. Am I League. officially? I know we're, we're tied as far as points go. I think you've got me. All right. We might be tied. On, on goal differential? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, I could talk about it, but this is your baby, so I feel like as commissioner, uh, <laughs> commissioner yeah. y- y- you can talk about Self-appointed it. Self-appointed commissioner. Yeah, in, in, in lieu of uh, real soccer being played on a real field, uh, all of it's us real friends to me. at... It's real to me. Uh, <laughs> all of our friends at Mint City uh, Collective have started... I guess it's one league split into two divisions, I guess is the best way to say it. It of, is, yeah, two uh, conferences. FIFA. FIFA 20 uh, Premier League, and we're using MLS teams, and we're split into the Xbox and uh, PlayStation 4 divisions, uh, playing essentially a round-robin season against each other, which is a lot of fun. It's something we did back in the Soccer and Sweet Tea days as well. We did, yeah. Um, and, and it was really cool. And I, I just humble brag, I, I won the first season of the sweet, <laughs> you uh, did. Soccer and Sweet Tea <laughs> you, Premier League. So, uh, so it might surprise everybody listening, but people who host podcasts are kind of dorky. And we Definitely. like video games, and so we do. Um, we might not be the best at them, but Corey and I do lead the PlayStation Four conference for everybody listening, yep. uh, because that probably won't last. We have a few. <laughs> we'll brag we about some it we've got it. I think we do have some <laughs> ringers amongst the collective members who are maybe FIFA professionals. I don't know. Um, but then yeah. the Xbox conference. I think John and Terry are atop um, that conference, um, both undefeated as well. So it's just a lot of fun to have something else to do and something else to follow. If you're interested, there's a Twitter account at Mint City PL, and we're posting standings and trying to treat it as if it's actually happening in the <laughs> real world, <laughs> not just right. some dorky thing that 22 of us are getting together to do. But, um, but it's, again, another way to kind of keep community alive while we are um, all in separate places. So that's not bad. And we're hoping, actually, at the end of it all, um, hope, I think it's a nine or, wait, there's 12 teams in the Xbox conference, so like an 11-week season. <laughs> um, after an 11-week season, we're hoping that we'll be all free to get out in the real world by then and have like a real-world playoffs and championship game. That would be so nice. We'll see. Because it is, I'm, I'm very curious about how we're supposed to have Xbox and PlayStation 4 people play each other. Oh, we've worked that out. I guess we'll out. get to that. Yeah. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah. You're, you're just slow on your slack. You must be like I am. working it's, it's or something true. in the real world. Um, no, we, <clears throat> we're we going to have Xbox playoffs and then PlayStation 4 playoffs, and then the two champions are going to play in a Super Bowl. Nope, not the word. Uh, MLS Cup. <laughs> two legs, one on the Xbox and one on the PlayStation. Um, so, uh, so it'll okay. be evened out a little bit. 
Um, but that a, makes sense. A two leg final, and then if it's tied after that, gosh, I don't flip a coin. I don't know what we'll do. But we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out then. Um, who are you playing with? Oh yeah, so we had a twenty two team draft. And it was put into random.com or one of the things that ge- kind of generates it. And randomly, I got placed last. So <laughs> the commissioner um, obviously was not corrupt um, or right. should have been more corrupt or something. But um, I was the last pick, and left to me was Orlando City um, amongst a few mm. others. So I went with Orlando City. Um, Dom Dwyer has scored three goals for me, and Nani has scored nice. twice. So I'm not complaining too much. Um, nice. But have a little bit of speed on the wings. Um, we, I do know that somebody picked FC Cincinnati. Um, they did. Was that Jaime, I think? Um, yep. And he is uh, pretty good at FIFA. So, yeah, he launched in nine goals in his last game. Yeah. He has 13 goals in two matches. Yeah. So uh, congrats to him <laughs> um, <laughs> taking a really bad team and dominating all of us with it. But, um, but yeah, so we each picked a team. Who did you end up with? I ended up with uh, Sporting Kansas City. Okay. Who I, I mean, you love Kansas was, City, right? I do. Well, so my stepdad is a huge Kansas City Chiefs oh, fan. That's right. Yeah. I have been to Kansas City and I like the city. Uh, I don't know if I really have any strong attachments beyond that. Um, but I like their color scheme because I'm a, I'm a UNC fan. So I like that, you know, kind of powder blue, dark blue look. I'm good with that. They're treating you well. Uh, yeah. They're doing pretty well. I, I, I had a beautiful uh, three goal comeback in the second half last night when I was playing. <laughs> Pierce uh, was down 3-1 at halftime to Columbus and scored three beautiful goals in the second half to come back and win 4-3. So yeah. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Is it weird that we're trying to treat this as if it's real sports and that people care? It, Look, nothing is weird right now. Nothing, we're in a, we're in a weird. weird. We're in a weird place <laughs> in society. So like that's we, right. just, we just do what we need to do. Do what you got to do. All right, that's fair. So yeah, Corey and I are atop the PlayStation 4 conference. If you're interested in that, you can follow us. Um, on Twitter, or I think some games are twit on Twitch and YouTube streaming. Um, yeah, but man, you'd have to get you'd have to get pretty low to watch some NCAA Premier League streamed on YouTube, <laughs> wouldn't you? Uh, no, that's not. I, I won't say that. But no, we try to put some highlights out there and some uh, some um, if we if we can stream the whole game, we'll try to get it out there too. So it's it's something to again take your mind off it, give you something fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, we can't really go wrong with that. And if you're so. watching, let us know in Slack so that we can all, um, maybe we'll do commentary for the playoffs or something. Who knows? There you go. I like it. We can make this happen. <clears throat> so, <laughs> do we, back, do we want back to segue we into were... actual stuff or do we want to talk about <laughs> beer or how do, how do we do Ooh. Ooh, should we, should we do our, should we do our ad real quick? Yeah, we can do an ad. Let's do that. Okay. Let's do an ad. Johnny. <laughs> yes. What? <laughs> It's just us. Well, go ahead. <laughs> it is us. Uh, what you drinking? Um, actually, in honor of Sycamore Brewing Company closing before St. Patrick's Day, I went to, um, they closed up. Most places didn't here in Charlotte and uh, undoubtedly took a really big hit. So mm-hmm. when I went to the grocery store on an emergency run, I bought a bunch of Sycamore beer. So right now I have a Rainbow Dust from Sycamore. It's an India Pale Ale with 7.1% alcohol. Recording here in the middle of the afternoon. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a good day. But I, I really appreciate Sycamore um, taking that hard stance and kind of looking out for uh, the general public instead of their bottom line. So I thought that was pretty totally. great. So I'm supporting Sycamore today. What about you? Yeah, especially because Sycamore is usually packed. Like it a, is a weekend nonstop. day at Sycamore is just bonkers. 
So the fact that they were willing to do the right thing uh, for the public and say like, no, we're not going to open for this crazy day, right? Um, because it's dangerous. Um, right. Was really great of them. So, um, <laughs> look, there's this is, this is a no judgment podcast, right? No, it's full of judgment. Welcome to the internet. What do you got? <laughs> I could totally lie to you because you can't see me, but I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I am drinking a Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's not bad. You're fine. It's not local, though. It's it makes not me local. feel wrong. But I will say this. It's only because um, we haven't made our, our, our brewery run yet today, which I'm planning to do. Okay. Um, because similar to you supporting Sycamore, um, I think it's just important for everyone. Like, this is going to be just devastating. It already is. It has been. Yeah. But it's going to continue to be devastating um, to all small businesses. So if you have a small business, whether it's a restaurant, shop, bookstore, brewery beer shop whatever Anything. and there's still there's still some way to support them do it yeah so i'll be making sometime this afternoon a a drive-through run over to birdsong oh, um, nice. who i shamelessly love who oh they are canning higher ground i heard which is just did they change amazing. that because of uh, the current situation I think so. That's good. They've always said they wouldn't can it because yeah. they couldn't get the flavor exactly like they wanted it to. Um, but I think probably some uh, they had to be a little adaptive with some things right. uh, today. So they've or in this in this situation so they start canning. Either way, I'm gonna go get some go stock up from them and maybe some other places too. That's um, great. That's but a, yeah, that's I mean everybody's everybody's being hit really hard right now. So if you got something that you you know a, a place that you love, go hit them up and and. Uh, do what you can. Obviously, if, do what you can within your means. Right. <laughs> I, I think this still falls within the ad read, but I've got a couple businesses then that I like. We really love as a family, and so we're trying mm-hmm. to go there all the time now, um, yep. whenever we get out at least. Um, so Loopy's Cafe on Seventh Street yes. in near Elizabeth is right near our house, and we really like the people there, and so we're trying to get takeout there whenever we can. That's how they have said it would be best to support them. I got um, some chili mac takeout last week. Oh yeah. Ooh. I mean, it was good. You'll regret it later sometimes, but I mean, it, oh yeah, it's it was worth it. it. And then and banana pudding. Oh the, man. And then Enderly Coffee is a local coffee place um, over on the west side. They're doing a thing where you can buy a bag for a doctor or a nurse, buy a bag of coffee, and then they deliver it. So their website has information on that. Um, Enderly Coffee. Um, Sabor is a personal favorite, so we're going there too. Yep. Um, just trying to keep local places alive, like you said. Totally. I love it. That's, That's not a bad stuff. ad read, right? No, that's good. I think it was very positive, Adri. Support local. Man, support local. It's going to be a tough time for everybody. So go to the places you love, but also stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) Do a little bit of both. Do your social distancing. (laughs) Don't gather with people. If you have to go do takeout or a drive-thru brewery, do that and go back home and don't talk to anybody. In person, at least. You can talk to everybody digitally you want to. I, guess. I think I just ruined our ad read. We had a good one going, and I tried to close <laughs> it off, and I just butchered it. It's fine. Just cut it somewhere. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and back to the show. Yeah. So, Johnny, this is going to be, I think, the last uh, coronavirus-specific <laughs> topic of the podcast, which is probably <laughs> a good thing. Yeah. Um, but I just think, and this is, we'll preface this by saying this is us totally conjecturing what's going to happen. And we touched on this a little bit, but how do you think sure. all of this is going to affect Charlotte MLS? We already talked about the branding and how we're probably going to see that relatively soon, I think-ish yeah. still. But, you know, it, it really changed the timing of that and probably the way they're going to do it. I imagine they're going to have like a 
big party and celebration and you know all that which obviously is not going to happen so right there, there's some of that pieces but are there other things you're thinking that could affect um the team as as this plays out well i think what you said um that we had some information on what was coming and then um obviously that's not coming anymore and other cities have done parties beforehand to kind of unveil their brand and their colors and all of that stuff and obviously parties aren't on the docket right now um I don't have any sort of inside information on this, so I can't like pretend that we're journalists who've researched and dug up information. But <laughs> if we're going to conjecture on it and just kind of... Uh, yeah, this is a conjecture. Guess. I don't think anybody really knows other than people inside the organization. So this is just us, our thoughts on how it yeah, could affect Yeah, I think that's an important preface. But I would say that like Charlotte already had a really quick ramp up, right? Like we had a year when most teams get over two to kind of make things happen. And now with all of this coming in, I don't think I'd be surprised if they bumped it, bumped our team joining the league to 2022. I think that's kind of a, a big statement to make. And so I wanted to stress the conjecture part. Um, but there's so many things that still have to happen for the team from a branding perspective, a fan base perspective, but more importantly, from a team building perspective, you have to get players, you have to... Um, put all the staff in place. There's so many things that have to happen and to do it in a year was a stretch. Now to do it, who knows what sort of timeline we're on. I I would not be surprised to see it bumped. I think too the MLS season this year, they want to get it in obviously in some fashion, but if we're looking at this sort of impact to our whole globe for over like I've seen estimates of 18 months. Um I don't think it's going to be Easter at this point. Like it's going to be a significant impact on how um, sports are handled, uh, travels handled, right. all the things that kind of go into um, this business that uh, MLS is. I I can't see them getting the season in, like at all. Um, and so if they cancel yeah. this season all out, um, to have essentially four expansion teams join in 2021 when who knows the state of sports at that point. Like I would not – I'll just leave it. I don't think I'd be surprised to see them say, all right, guys, um, 2021 is now Nashville and Miami. 22 is Austin and Charlotte. 23 is St. Louis and Sacramento. Just kind of bump yeah. everything down the road. But again, that's just kind of a guess. How are you, how, how do you see this all going? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think that in the sports world in general, it's going to feel like, 2020 didn't happen yeah and we're just going to restart everything in 2021 yeah. um i mean some exceptions to that could be you know some of the winter sports thing they're starting really late in the year might get their normal start but i think like mls maybe even baseball we'll see about football i mean falls seems like a long way away but who knows how long this is going to linger right um but i think in general especially the summer sports and, and spring sports are going to be essentially a wash this year because i think if you try to force the season in it's going to make the beginning of next season really wonky and right. just everything's kind of confusing there so i think you're right i think it's just like let's just pretend like 2020 didn't happen for a lot of reasons for a lot of reasons uh, <laughs> yeah. and then kind of bump everything forward a year um, which honestly i mean as a fan i'm bummed by that if that's what ends up happening because um i want to see a team on the field next year right um but from a from a you know, team standpoint, it might not be the worst thing. I mean, it gives them, like you said, they were going to do things really, really quickly. Yeah. This gives them an extra year where even if they can't actively do things like getting players or hiring staff or anything like that this year, they've still got a year to, to just be planning, to be thinking about it, to like 
the time between when they knew they were getting a team and when the team takes the field being longer, I think you would hope would only help them um, in in the way they're looking at how the team is built. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I think that could be a good thing for them. It basically gives them a little longer runway, even though this, this year feels like a little bit of a wash. But as a fan, it would be really, it'd be tough that we've been kind of had this 2021 date in our head from the time it was announced to yeah. suddenly bump that back a year. And I, again, I think it's um, just kind of granted everybody who's listening, this doesn't matter, <laughs> right? Like in the grand, oh, totally. grand no. scheme of things, but it's what we're here to talk about. So um, right. I think Nashville and Miami have both kind of been um, screwed out of their expansion season, right? This time that where they right. would be the focus and everything. I think they would both advocate for Charlotte and Austin to join later too. Um, I'm, to jump a little bit, like, what about the NBA and NHL seasons? What do you think are going to happen there? And this is off topic, but it just, as you talked about the other leagues and football in the fall and like, yeah, those seasons are almost and, done and ready for the playoffs. And now, we're okay, all so that's what I was going to ask you because like, I'm not, I'm not the biggest NBA and NHL fan. Yeah. I usually watch the playoffs, I don't follow the regular season super closely. So, how close were they to the playoffs? I know they were close, but like, how close really were we talking? Close, like 10 to 20 games left. Like a month, if I were them, I mean, depending when things can start to open back up. I think you just go straight into the playoffs. Yeah. You take whatever the standings are now and maybe even do like a truncated playoff where it's like only, you know, six teams instead of eight or, you know, for each conference or whatever. Um, I'm talking about basketball. I don't really know how hockey does theirs. Um, Pretty similar. So like maybe, maybe make it shorter, make, make them like three and five game series versus seven or something like that. Um, But I think you're, I think you're far enough into the season for both of those seasons because they have so many games in the season that like, just call it. You could probably just call it. Yeah. Just call the regular season done. Jump into the playoffs. Um, I mean, and if you can get, I mean, I think you're playing them behind closed doors, obviously. Yeah. Um, but if you could get those cranked up in the summer, um, behind closed doors, I think you could still finish this season off that way. It's so wild. Um, this is what we're talking about. Um, yeah. But I think they, ha- I think they have a chance of finishing. I really do. Um, unless things get drastically worse, which is entirely possible. But yeah. I think they're they're close enough that I wouldn't worry about finishing regular season. Just uh, finish it and um, start the playoffs. I think the probably the most interesting conversation, one that a lot of people listening are interested in, is what happens in England and Europe. Yeah, like those seasons a, had weeks left. That's a mess. Um, yeah, and it matters. Obviously, my team, Leeds United, is on top of right. the second division and ready for promotion for the first time in the decade, more than a decade. Right. Um, Liverpool, top of the league, historic team, one of the best ever in mm-hmm. England, put together like. Just ridiculous season. What happens? We don't know, and so I, and they keep <laughs> like we keep finding these little tidbits on the internet of people who either have opinions or say they know things or whatever. Right. Um. Like the lower, like division eight or nine in England has just voided the whole season, and mm-hmm. that caused panic for all Liverpool and Leeds fans. I'm sure. Um. At uh, what do you do? <laughs> I don't know what you do. And I, th- um, I think pro rail makes it so hard. It does. It changes everything there because I think. Because if you if I if I ignore that aspect of it, I say, if you're thinking about the Premier League or even or even Championship, call the season done where it is. Especially in the Premier League, where like Liverpool, they're gonna win it. Like, but if Liverpool <laughs> is gonna win it, what about the three teams that are gonna get relegated? Right. So yeah. that's that's my point. It's like if you ignore that piece of it, it's obvious. Like Liverpool was clearly the best team, historic team. They deserve a championship. They should get it. But yeah, when you start talking about the three teams that would get dropped in either the Premier League or the Championship or even going down from there, yeah. 
those teams had games left, a solid chunk of games left to get their way out of being relegated. So is there a hybrid way to do it? Like, is there a way yeah. to like kind of say like Liverpool's the champion, but we're not going to relegate anybody. We're not going to move. But then that sucks for Leeds. So like, yeah, yeah it's just like <laughs> there's no winning this. Well, I, so I think the I think that's why you end up probably avoiding it. But I hate that for Liverpool. The halfway solution that I've seen is uh, take the top two from each and bump them up and don't relegate anybody and just have a, larger have a bigger Premier League next year. But all the other ones would kind of be the same. Um, and the Premier League could handle another four teams. The championship has 24. Um, yeah. this will probably get a lot of people angry and have their own opinions and they'll be sending them to us. So we should probably cut it off and just talk about MLS again. Um, as, as long as Stoke doesn't get relegated, I'm okay. If this yeah, means that no they, they manage to stay out of the relegation zone yeah. and we stop it right now, I'm good with that. I think if, <laughs> if Leeds, West Brom, and Fulham went up, um, I'd be fine. So let it happen. Yeah. Um, All right. yeah so let's get back to MLS. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we conjectured a little bit there. Um, one thing we wanted to talk about back when we were planning to do this episode before the world shut down, right. uh, was your Nashville trip. Yeah. So some folks from the Mint City Collective made a trip out to Nashville. Those are, it was the opening game, right? It was, it was the, first the opening the home opener, season opener against Atlanta. Yeah. Um, that city. Uh, That's and it. I wanted to kind of get your feel for what that experience was like. I mean, just being in the city, being with a supporters group and just seeing the match. How, how yeah. was it? Well, the idea that it was just four weeks ago and I was surrounded by, what, 60,000 people <laughs> in one city is a little bit terrifying now. Um, and just awe-inspiring. Uh, we went to Nashville. Um, I went, uh, brought my daughter, and left her at the in-laws' house. Um, and met up with some people downtown Friday night, and we went to the opening uh, or the big celebration party of the Roadies, which is one of the supporters groups there. Met a bunch of people at their uh, bar downtown downtown. Uh, downtown Nashville, near all the bachelorette parties and stuff. On Broadway? Yes, on Broadway. Um, yes. <clears throat> but the party was great, and there were a bunch of people who were really friendly. They had all the USL games from Nashville history on the big screens in the bar, and um, it was a, a gaming bar, so there were uh, old video games. I think NBA Jam was a favorite. Um, <laughs> but it was just a really good kind of like celebration of this. In Nashville, their team, I think seven years ago maybe, was in NPSL. Um, and so over the course of this decade, they, I think, went away for a year and then were reformed and then kind of climbed up the ladder in whatever way you can do in America, not through like sporting results, but through investment. <laughs> through um, money. Yeah. And <laughs> the then, American way. Which is, a, it, it's America. Here we go. Um, <laughs> that's another podcast. But, <laughs> um, but now they're here. And so a lot of the fans, especially the leaders in the supporters group, have followed the soccer team for a decade and followed them through all the different levels of it. And you could just see how, how important it was to them, right? Like how this has been part of their lives for so long and, um, and now they've finally made it. And now they have their MLS debut against Atlanta and the whole city cared about it. Um, I had felt like over the off season, Nashville was in a bad position that like, right. they had a lot of stadium problems. They had just kind of bad press for a long time, but that didn't translate to opening weekend at all. Like there were soccer scarves all over Broadway on Friday and on Saturday all day. Um, there were a lot of Atlanta fans. I think Atlanta uh, claimed to bring like 60,000 people, which obviously wasn't true, <laughs> but that's what they do. Um, and so the, the crowd was probably half Atlanta. Um, I won't sugarcoat it at all on Saturday night. Um, they had a massive tailgate before the game. Nashville also had a huge tailgate with all their different supporters groups. I ate hot chicken, which was a terrible Ooh. decision. 
Um, no, why? That was a great decision. It was it was not messing around hot chicken. It was Hattie, <laughs> Hattie B's came and gave us the spiciest thing they've got. And I couldn't breathe for like 45 minutes. So it was great. <laughs> um, but the tailgate was awesome. They had a bunch of different parking lots opened up. Tents. There was a big swimming pool full of free beer. Um, hot dogs and merchandise. Uh, team staff out there. Um, but it was a really cool... Uh, especially having gone Friday night and met and having met a lot of people to see them then in their element on Saturday, like celebrating, this was their moment. This was the thing that they had been so excited about. And then we got in the game and uh, it was a great game too. Uh, Nashville scored a goal, but they did lose. Um, I sat next to Andrew Pierce, um, formerly a Charlotte Eagles staffer, now Mint City Collective person and living in Orlando. Person. I don't know how to describe right. I love you, Andrew. <laughs> um, but I sat with Andrew at the um, half line at like six rows up. So we were in amazing seats and um, Nashville went up for their free kick early in the first half. And I looked at Andrew and I said, this is going to be a Walker Zimmerman goal and the place is going to go crazy. And then Walker Zimmerman scored a goal and the place went crazy. And uh, <laughs> Pierce and I were just jumping up and down, like hitting each other. Um, for how exciting it was. And it wasn't our team. Like, it right. was just that sort of environment, that sort of atmosphere. Um, they had a big band. They had uh, Judah and the Lion, uh, I think, band mm-hmm. play beforehand um, in a song that I think Nashville will have as their anthem for a long time. Um, that was really cool uh, opening concert thing. I think a lot of it, I watched the replay when I got home just for some more of the tactical stuff. A lot of it looked kind of uh, kitschy on TV, right? kind of cheesy. Um, but when you're in that environment in Nashville, it, to me, it felt right. Like it, it felt authentic and felt like, oh, this is Nashville. Of course, they're going to have someone come out and play the guitar. Like that doesn't mean anything to me um, because that's just not my environment. But the right. people there loved it. Um, and I, th- I thought it went really well. They did play an Eminem song actually before the game. And I looked at Pierce and I said, nope, that's the wrong city. Like get this out of here. <laughs> Um, you can't have jock jams in Nashville, right? Like, give me something. No. Um, but I thought they did a great job and they had 60,000 people. We almost got in a fight with some Atlanta supporters. Um, perfect. By that, I mean, they just yelled at us when they saw our scarves, which was fun. Um, (laughs) our mint city scarves that made it on the broadcast. Um, perfect. But it was, yeah, just a really awesome environment. And as we walked home, uh, you walk back across the bridge there in Nashville from Titan stadium over to Broadway with this massive sea of people who all had the coronavirus, I'm sure. Um, (laughs) Sorry. We, uh, I just couldn't help but think like Charlotte's going to have this in a year and maybe two Mm -hmm. years now, but like we're going to have that moment where all of the soccer fans in the city and in the Carolinas in general, who've wanted something like this for so long are going to have it. And we're going to just feel that like, even if we lose the opening game doesn't really matter. Like you have a team and you've arrived on this national stage if not an international stage depending on the night i guess um so yeah just a really cool trip met a lot of good people uh, made a lot of good connections for mint city collective stuff their supporters groups have a really interesting setup that i'm going to talk about in a chronicle article here soon um ways that kind of the collective can move forward with it so um yeah just a really great trip i wish you had gone why didn't you go do you have like a family or <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some reason like that that some, I couldn't like, make it. Unfortunately, and, uh, I do have three yeah. kids. I do have three kids, but yeah, um, but yeah, <laughs> if, 
any any chance you get to go to an away game, especially if you can do it with Mint City people to kind of build up what this group is going to turn into, um, you've got to do it. It's it's a lot of fun. If we have a season this season, find time. And if we don't next season, then let's make it happen. Totally. I think you made the point that I was going to bring up too, is that like it seemed like leading up to their launch, people were worried about Nashville and the support it had in the city and how visible it was and whether people would get behind it at all or not. And so I think it's really encouraging to see that despite all of that, maybe initial worry, like people came out for it and the place you're, the way you're describing it is really exciting and really cool. And it seemed like the city came out for it. Um, And I think that's a really great thing to see. They did. Um, I I think it was for the opening game and it was like a crowd of 60,000 people in a big NFL stadium. Um, as That's I, awesome. As it was, as I talked to some of the supporters group guys, though, they were all very excited for when their stadium would open. So they're building mm-hmm. their own soccer-specific thing of about twenty to thirty thousand, I think, um, a little further out from downtown. But it's going to be yellow in, or gold, whatever they want to call it, instead of Titans colors, and it's going to be their home, which I think is a little right. bit different compared to the Charlotte situation, where we are going to share a stadium with the Panthers for the foreseeable future. Yep. Um, but they did bring 60,000 people out their first game and that's awesome. Who knows cool. what, it, who knows what it would have been for the rest of the season. Um, and now we'll never know, I guess, but, um, right. We'll see kind of what, where they go from there, both just as an expansion team in general. And then in response to all the stuff that's happening this year. Have you had a chance to talk to any of the Nashville folks that you met when you were there since all this happened, just to be like what, where their heads are at? Um, not since the coronavirus stuff, um, okay. but that first week after their game, they had tornadoes hit all of Tennessee, essentially, right. and yeah. really th- throughout Nashville in particular. And it was cool to see then the supporters group and the team accounts specifically um, kind of get behind the city and give them something to rally around. Um, the Titans are the Tennessee Titans, right? Um, yes, they are. The Predators are Nashville, and Nashville mm-hmm. SC is Nashville. And in some ways, that name does really matter. And I think... Um, Nashville came out with this, um, I forget what it was now cause it was like 17 years ago in real lifetime. Um, but they, <laughs> they had a, a slogan that went along with their song, a hashtag support Nashville sort of thing that got picked up by the whole city. And, um, I have in-laws obviously in the suburbs that I mentioned before, and they heard about it. They heard about the soccer team's efforts to make things better. And so, um, through the tornadoes and stuff, they were, organizing their supporters group to go out and volunteer and help clean up debris and bring money and uh, supplies to people who needed it. And um, so that was kind of their focus. And then they had an away game in Portland and then the season shut down. So I haven't, I haven't talked to them since then, but it was cool to talk to them throughout that first week after we'd met to see then what supporters groups could do on a nonprofit level and on a like right. community betterment sort of angle, which I think Mint City Collective wants to do too. We haven't gotten there quite yet, but yeah, no, I think it'd be great. I mean, not to tease out what our, <laughs> our future show plans are, but I think it'd be really interesting to talk to someone there, um, <clears throat> just about how, you know, they're approaching this non season essentially, yeah. um, as an organization and as, as a supporters group and as just general fans and all that kind of stuff. I think it's just a really it's a really interesting situation to be in from a sports perspective. So I think that'd be right. interesting to talk to them about too. Um, 
<laughs> we have a few more things to talk about on our, on our, our we have we behind the scenes right here we have an outline of things we do we do uh, but <laughs> i'm wondering johnny yeah do we hit maybe one of these two and and then save another one of them for another episode since we're going to be uh the content calendar is going to be interesting with with our new right. reality <laughs> let's talk about the panthers and save cincinnati for later is that fair? That works. All right. So that's a good tease. So Cincinnati was our <laughs> last thing on our list that we're going to skip. So we'll talk about the Panthers. Um, yeah. Do you want to kick this off or do you want me to yeah, ask the question? I can. I think it kind of ties in a little bit to what we were talking about. So the question that we've kind of been asking ourselves and has been brought up in Slack a few times. Um, the Hornets are uh, different right now. And the Hornets uh, traded Kemba Walker and fan interest is kind of low. Um, though they had a decent kind of end of their uh, season last year. But the Carolina Panthers have long been kind of the team in town, the one that everybody cares about the most. And this offseason has been brutal for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> um, all of the people in the picture from the uh, Super Bowl season, yeah, I think. Yeah, Super Bowl season, yeah. They're all gone. Um, all of them. Cam, Luke, uh, Greg, all the guys that we know kind of by first-name basis um, have left the team. And so yep. the kind of the conversation going around, and I'll let you touch on this first. Um, if the Panthers are really bad <laughs> or rebuilding, <laughs> does that help Charlotte Major League Soccer or does that just make everybody sad? I, I, <laughs> if, <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it. Are we all just sad yeah. now? Is that where, where we are? No, I think, and this is obviously not universal because I think they're going to be people who just won't transition from NFL to MLS, regardless of what's going on. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excluding them from this from this group. But I do think there's a chance that the Panthers being in rebuild mode and not being necessarily interesting or exciting for a hopefully only a couple of years, but I think that's what we're looking at. Um, I think that opens the door for... MLS to step up if they do it right yeah. and give sports fans in Charlotte another rooting option. Um, and I think it, it, it will depend some on, you know, any success they have on the field. If, you know, any splashy signings they make all the marketing and the buildup around it, I think they got to make it sound, you know, really exciting for people who aren't necessarily soccer fans. But I do think there's a place that if they put on a really, really good show on the field, that they could bring some people over because they're just looking for sports joy in Charlotte. And it <laughs> right. just seems like they need, you know, like you said, like I think a lot of people associated Luke and Cam with the Panthers and Kimball with the Hornets. And there's yeah. not that those people aren't there anymore. I mean, those, you know, forget the like level of play, but like Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be to Charlotte what Cam Newton was to Charlotte, you know? Yeah. You've got McCaffrey. I think McCaffrey's the one. If he wins the a one... Super Bowl, he would be. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but I think, like, McCaffrey, you know, maybe is maybe. that one person left on the team who, like, has the kind of city's identity, you know, baked in with him. Right. Uh, but I think, in general, there's not that star power that, you know, that people associate these athletes with this city. And so I think there's room for MLS to jump in there and kind of put itself to the forefront of the city's sports scene if it does it right. But I, I don't, think, I mean, I, I, again, I wonder how much that translates to someone who doesn't follow soccer. So right. I think it's, it really has a lot to do with how they market themselves and how they get people excited about the team 
um, and get people to come out to games. I mean, obviously the the MLS team is owned by the Panthers, so they're not going to like try to cannibalize that fandom, right? <laughs> because like they're hurting themselves if they do. But I think there's room to kind of say, you know, here's this new sports team that you you can get you can get involved with that identity, and it kind of can bring a fresh new um, energy to the city sports scene. I think energy is probably the best word for it. Like you've got a Panthers team who I think the rebuild part is maybe questionable after looking at some of the signings lately. Like I don't, there's a lot of people who don't even know what the Panthers are doing now. Um, (laughs) Are they tanking? Are they, who knows what they're doing? Um, But regardless of that, like if they're mediocre slash not exciting in the way that they were in just what, two or three years ago, um, that's when you need something to kind of spark the city. And that's where Charlotte MOS can step in what you said about the energy, like if they are the ones who are seen as the new kid on the block, the new exciting hip thing to follow, they might not have been if the Panthers were in the playoffs and going to the Super Bowl. Um, Right. And so there is an opening there. Uh, When the Sounders came on the scene as an expansion team a few years ago, um, the Sonics had just left and there was this big hole in the city in terms of like civic pride and like Seattle wasn't a sports town or whatever. And the Sounders were able to capitalize on that and say, oh, no, we are a sports town. This is our team. This is Seattle's mm-hmm. team. And this is where um, this is where if you love the city and you love sports, you should be. And that exploded, obviously, and they've had 50,000 people at games forever. Um, I don't think what you – the point that you just made is a good one. Like, the Panthers aren't going to say, hey, the Panthers suck. Support our soccer team, right? Like, they're not going <laughs> to <Right>. <laughs> play that angle at all. Um, and so it, it won't be the same kind of hole to fill, um, but the energy of having something new and, and flashy and um, even similarly branded to the Panthers to say like, oh no, things still happen at Bank of America Stadium. Like Charlotte right. does still have a sports team. You need to come support it. And not right. that they had lost other sports teams, but you kind of get the drift. Um, I do. I think there's a chance of that. I don't think it helps anybody for the Panthers to suck. <laughs> like, oh, definitely not. The whole part no. about being sad. Um, I would love for them to compete, all the teams in Charlotte to compete all the time. Um, but maybe there's an opening. Is that a silver lining? I, I don't know. It seems, Could be. It, it seems from Slack conversations and online that like everybody's just angry. Well, that's kind of Twitter all the time. But um, everybody's angry with the direction the Panthers are going, um, how they treated Cam Newton in his mm-hmm. exit, um, kind of... The same thing with Greg Olson, who's chirping on social media about how he was let go. Um, <laughs> Keekley is um, retired, and it seemed like that was entirely his choice. So, Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a different energy around the Panthers right now. And if that means that the soccer team can come in with different energy, great. I'll take it. Yeah. I think it's a good chance for them to come in. I think, yeah. And even if it's not like they're, they are, they're actively trying to steal it, I think what you're saying is that, like, it's good timing for the soccer team because they won't be necessarily as overshadowed as they would right. be normally. Yeah. You know, like regardless of kind of how they approach it, it's like if the Panthers were killing it or if the Hornets were in the playoffs ever in the spring and summer, yeah, there would be other things to distract people from soccer. But like, you know, they're going to be coming in when the Hornets are decidedly, well, probably. I mean, I probably. can't say it's for next year, but knows? probably Miles, not in the Miles playoffs Bridges, next year. Miles Bridges, MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Who the heck knows? Um, and and if things work out that like they continue to work out, like the Panthers aren't going to be Super Bowl, con- you know, favorites starting the season. So there's right. not there's going to be a nice little gap of of attention that they can kind of jump in and fill. So. Right. 
I, I think, think there's something there. I think too that like in a normal sports year, that would be a normal conversation. Like the Panthers are going to be bad ish. Charlotte can take advantage. But again, to bring it back to the first half of the show, we have no idea what the next few years look like in Charlotte sports, right. let alone American sports or global sports. Like you're right. None of this really matters in the grand scheme, but in the small scheme where we're talking, everything could be different. Like I saw an article from Taylor Twelman that talked about moving the season, uh, the MLS season to uh, like October to May, like the English and European seasons go. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happened, the whole conversation is different because then they're competing for time slots. They're not like, um, yeah, that's just so another show in town. Like, so if MLS uh, decides to then switch to the NFL slash European calendar, FIFA calendar, that it's a completely different conversation. So we don't really know what's going to happen thanks to the uncertainty, uncertainty of the world. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> but we take it as we can and talk about it as we can, I guess, and just go. With yeah, it. I think. I think even as we try to avoid talking about this and we're not going to specifically talk about the coronavirus in general, it's going to be the undercurrent to every conversation we have because right. you can't avoid it yeah. being there. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to change a lot of things. So we can talk about it all we want, you know, talk about sports in general all we want to, but yeah, uh, things are going to change and it's going to be very interesting going forward. This is a, uh not really related to the podcast question. Um, do you have anything that you're doing to kind of keep your mind off of the world at large besides podcasts? Um, <laughs> I, I was talking to you about this earlier. I think right now, like my work is still really busy. Yeah. Um, so that's helping a lot. So like during the day, I don't have time to like be just staring at the news and, and reading all of the things. Probably um, good. So that, yes, that's a big part of it. I'm staying busy with work and obviously having a child, as you know, with, with three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in the evenings, a lot of my focus is on that. Um, right. So that's good. And then after the, the my daughter goes to bed, my focus is on Tiger King. So <laughs> I really just haven't left there a ton of room in my life to be uh-huh. watching uh, or the news or reading the news too much. Like I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm not ignoring it. I, I, I like have my newsletters I get in the morning, um, from like the New York times and general places that I'll read up. I know what's going on, but I kind of like, and I read the headlines and I like read some new blurb here and there, but like, I kind of keep it at a distance to be like, you know, I, there's, there's things I can control and there's things I can't control. Right. So like, I can control, you know, making sure that like, we're not leaving the house and we're social distancing and we are, you know, taking care of ourselves and keeping everybody healthy in our family. I can control that. Um, I can't control the people throwing house parties, you know, in other neighborhoods and other areas. Right. <laughs> if that's you, so, please and I stop. can't control, like, it, it's like, you know, there's nothing I can do other than, you know, making sure we're staying healthy and, and trying to keep others healthy. Right. There's nothing I can really do about it. So that, I think that's kind of my mindset of, I, I just don't, let myself get too sucked in to what's happening out there because there's only so much I can control. Does that yeah. make sense? I, I don't want to sound like I'm avoiding things because I'm really not. It's just like when I can't actively control it, it's, it's, I don't let myself get too sucked into it. Yeah. I think that's probably the healthy way to go. Like as long as you know what's going on, um, there are different ways to do that newsletters or, my wife has watched the nightly news every night and then she cuts it off. Like that's all she'll allow herself. She doesn't want to watch right. cable news 24 hours a day. She wants to watch 30 minutes of being up to date and knowing the things she needs to know. Um, but that's it. Like we don't need more than that. 
I have a different approach where I consume it all day with a fire hose. So um, <laughs> try to avoid that if you can. I'm reading a book right now called The Great Influenza, The Story of the Deadliest Pandemic in History. Oh, great. By John the 1918 Barry. flu? Um, yeah, the 1918 Spanish flu. Um, I'm showing it to Corey here. Um, it's really great. On Are our videos Google working Hangouts. again? I don't know. My video is working, I think. Um, but it's I, don't, a, I can't see you. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other thing that I can really, really control is Animal Crossing, which is a game for the Nintendo yes. Switch. Um, I have never played this game in my life. It's not my sort of game usually. Um, but in a world where I have no control over anything, which is kind of what you said, <laughs> um, you can go outside, you live on a deserted island, you pick up butterflies and you sell them for money, um, and then you build your house bigger and bigger. I mean, what what could go wrong with that? It sounds perfect. So, so it's like Tiger King with butterflies. I don't know what me. Tiger King is. Everyone's talking about <laughs> Tiger King. <laughs> I'm trying to avoid it with everything in me. <laughs> Um, so you do your Tiger King. I'm going to do Animal Crossing and the Mint City Premier League and my book about the Spanish flu. And I'll just get there through you go. this. We'll get through it together. We'll, we'll get through this together. We yeah. will. And we'll do it with, with occasional podcasts where we try to avoid just talking about Death. everything going on in the world. Yeah, that's yeah. Probably, probably good. So um, I think like we've saved a couple topics for next time. So I think we're at a good we're at a good spot. Were you going to say something? Yeah, I think if uh, you have things that you'd like to hear us talk about, um, yes, like branding or team building or things related to the MLS team or things not related to the MLS team. If you want to hear Corey and I talk about the Spanish flu or um, our favorite novels, I, I don't know. Uh, let us know anything. We're literally anything. Trying to keep this. Uh, focused on Charlotte MLS, but we also just want to be a podcast that you want to listen to and and kind of keep this going as long as we have the current situation we're in um, until we can yep. kind of get back to normal. Yep, definitely. So yeah, you can follow us on uh, Mint City Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Send us any kind of questions or thoughts or anything like that there. If you're on the Mint City Slack, you can either message me or Johnny or go into the podcast channel and throw some things out there where you're happy to bring some of those into this conversation uh, to talk about in the future. And obviously go to mincitycollective.com. Yeah. Join if you're not a member. Um, even if we are delaying this for another year, there's still a lot Maybe. going on we in the city. Know. Maybe we'll see who knows. Yeah. Um, uh, I will I say there's a lot still going on with the collective and you should get involved and you get a really cool t-shirt if nothing else. So, yeah. um, and you get access to the Slack, which is, so important. you can find out how to join there. And if, and if you're not ready for that commitment, you can go and sign up for the mint city chronicle newsletter. Yeah, uh, which will come out again at some point <laughs> soon. We have one coming this week. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sounds good. The so, world yeah, has been so ending. We have I haven't been writing too. newsletters. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other thing is that, like, we have, we're not going to have many in-person meetings, obviously, in the near future. Right. But one thing that the Slack was for us before and is especially important now is a community. And so, I've been talking more in Slack to people, both in our soccer and sweetie one, and in this Mint City Collective about regular things of life, like Animal Crossing, the most important things. Mm -hmm. um, just because it's a digital community, a way to still be in touch with people. If you're listening to this and you haven't talked to anybody in three weeks because you haven't left your house, talk to us. Um, get yes, some please. like personal interaction. And I think if you're a Mint City member, getting in that Slack and kind of participating in conversations is really help helpful and healthy, um, kind of good for everybody going forward. I also got my gold membership jersey last week, Ooh. which I don't think I told you about. Um, no, and it's like the most comfortable thing I own now. So I wore it. You being fancy, I know it's super fancy, um, but it's really uh, 
a nice perk to have uh, as we go here to the end of the world and we all die. So um, <laughs> think about think about that as you go. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> I'll stop talking. Oh man! And on that note, yeah, we'll be back. <laughs> We'll be back uh, doing this remotely still probably in a, a few weeks, I'll say. We're not sure exactly what our, our publication schedule going forward is going to be, but we will keep doing this. Um, so we'll be back with y'all in a few weeks. Uh, it was good talking to you, Johnny. Yeah, man. I miss you. Let's let's hug sometime when you. we're allowed to hug. We will. One day. One day. One day we'll be allowed <laughs> to hug again. All right. Sounds good. All right. See you next time. <laughs>